Welcome. Welcome to PD's Power Hour. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as PD. And in today's mini episode, we are diving into something I'd never thought we would get into. Peanut butter whiskey. I know (laughs) that sounds scary and daunting and I have never, ever had this before. Screwball peanut butter whiskey to be exact and uh, quite terrified. I saw this on the shelf and I go, yep, it's time to get weird. So (laughs) let's get a little weird. Uh, maybe I'll like it. I mean, I don't know. I've, I've never had this before, so this is going to be quite exciting. But before we get into that, I have an excellent listener question from Justin. Justin writes, question for you. When you talk about what you smell in wine, cherry, tobacco, vanilla, etc., or other drinks, is that something producers are adding to their product in some sense? Or is it something that is coming from what's in the soil or in the climate. Well, thank you, Justin, for your excellent question. I really appreciate it. Um, To be perfectly honest, no. (laughs) The only time that people are adding things into liquors are for flavored liquors. For wine, absolutely not. I'll get, I'll, I'll get into it a little bit. So for wine, for wines, for example, when you get flavor profiles like vanilla or tobacco or cherry or anything like that. There's not some evil scientist in the background putting cherries or vanilla extract into the wine vats as they're fermenting or as they're aging in barrel. No, that's not happening. What that pretty much means is that each step in the wine process has its own decisions that are going to have effects on the flavor profile. First, what type of grape is it? Whether it's a Cabernet or Pinot Noir or a Sangiovese or 300 other different types of grape varietals, it's all going to have different flavor profiles that are associated in that grape. And then when you think of grapes, you think of those like Concord grapes or those red grapes you buy at the grocery store. Like not every grape varietal tastes like that. Most of the time, they're actually quite bitter and kind of unedible half the time. (laughs) But those kind of grapes are very different than the grapes that were grown on vines. So thin-skinned grape versus thick-skinned grape. What type of soil do you have? Do you have sandy soil? Do you have rocky soil? Do you have clay? Each of those different soils are going to change the flavor. Then once you've picked the grapes, how are you fermenting it? Are you doing an open lagar? Are you fermenting in like large oak barrels or stainless steel or concrete? Again, each one different flavor profiles. For example, I'll give an example here for vanilla. So when you taste vanilla in a wine, you think like, oh my God, that's super vanilla. How did that happen? What is a big contributing factor to that vanilla profile usually is that the winemaker aged and or fermented the wine in American oak. So American oak classically has vanilla flavor profiles versus oak from France or like Ukrainian oak or anything like that. Those oaks don't have that vanilla profile versus the American oak. So it's interesting, like the fact that something that a piece of wood can add vanilla t- notes to it. But yeah, 100% true. <laughs> so for wines, they're not adding like extracts or anything like that to get those flavor profiles that you're looking that that you taste in the wine. Those are all things that are well, most of the time they be natural. There are a lot of wines out there that all, do a lot of chemistry and post manipulation from like doing winemaking in the chemistry room type of thing to get particular flavors 
but it's not like adding vanilla extract into it. They'll manipulate the wine to have more acidity or less acidity, more tannin, that kind of thing. But flavor profiles, not, not, not so much. So I hope that answers your question. Unfortunately, that does not apply to the product that we're tasting today because what they're really doing is adding peanut butter extract and peanut butter natural flavors into the whiskey. So liquor is a whole nother animal versus wine. Like with wine, they don't do that. It's 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 very not common. And if you do see it and it does exist out there, cool, try it, see if you like it. But yeah, not so much. But let's get into our product for today. Screwball peanut butter whiskey. So as I said before, I saw this on the shelf and I was like, hell yeah, let's get weird. Screwball is based out of Ocean Beach, California, and when you go straight to their website, you are hit with their logo, which is a black sheep, and they give you the definition of a screwball, and I quote, an individual who strays away from the cliche things in life, one who is not afraid to break away from the crowd and by their own individual. Throughout history, a screwball has not always fit in within culture. They do not abide to all society's tight and rigid standards. These individuals have a craving to be different. Ooh. They strive for independence and are heavily concerned with creating their own path. It's an authentic road. One that makes them them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First off, their marketing campaign chef's kiss right there, man, because they really tie into, you know what, we are being who we are, our authentic selves, we like peanut butter, and we're just going to do it. You know what, more power to them. They have reached out, they're really trying to bring in that young demographic, especially with their website showing young, cool, hip Californians surfing and drinking on rooftops of their products, so yay. (laughs) But so, Screwball Whiskey is owned by Stephen and Brittany Yang. Stephen owns a restaurant, Obi Noodle House and Bar 1502 in Ocean Beach, California, and his favorite thing in the world is peanut butter. So he created a peanut butter shot for one of his restaurants and started to really catch on. So soon it became the most popular drink in the restaurant, and then he worked with his wife to bring the drink into bottle form. So that's how it started. I mean, really relatively new, just a couple years old. And so how is this bad boy made? Well, first off, they're purchasing whiskey. They're not distilling the whiskey themselves. They use purchased juice. I say this as vaguely as possible because they give about zero information about how this stuff is made. So deep into the depths of the internet, I couldn't really find much. But we're going to do the best we can. (laughs) So they're using purchased whiskey. And they're adding natural flavors and caramel coloring into the product. It carries no age statement, which is fine. I mean, it's it's just they're using purchased juice, whatever. And the distiller that they're getting the juice from is left undisclosed. So we have no idea if they're using MGP juice. So MGP is a huge, huge, we're going to call it like a warehouse where a lot of companies purchase juice. I call it juice, but purchase whiskey and then bottle it themselves or age it themselves. Like there's a lot of like it's like bulk. It's like buying things in bulk pretty much. And it's it's a very big, very, very prominent thing in the industry, MGP. So I'll get into that someday, but we don't need to touch that now. (laughs) 
but the brown in so I'm looking at the tiny little bottle here but the brown is definitely from caramel coloring that much I could find out but apparently the natural flavoring is from real peanuts and you know I kind of would assume that that would have like a peanut allergy warning thing going on here I don't really see anything boat bottled by screwball spirits nope contains peanuts so if you're allergic to peanuts, unfortunately, you cannot have this product. Though I guess it's nice that they're actually using natural product like that versus, I don't know, using all unnatural, which I'm sure many different companies do out there. So I definitely would not recommend this, having this with a friend who is allergic to peanuts. <laughs> but uh, I mean, let's get into this. Uh, let's, let's taste. Oh my God. All right, it's in my happy little glass. Here we go, color. Let's look at it, nice brown, looks like whiskey. More like a light brown though, not like a dark bourbon. I would say this more looks like a Jameson kind of color tone to it, kind of that light caramel color. Let us give it a nose, even though I smelled it when I opened it. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, initially I was like, it smells like baking spices, and but I'm starting to get the peanut butter a little bit in there. Like it took a little second for it to breathe a little bit for that initial, that very artificial baking spice, that artificial sugary feel blows off a little. Then you start to get more of that peanut butter and it does. It smells like peanut butter ice cream. So not like the peanut butter, like when you open up a, can a jar of peanut butter, ice creamed peanut butter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Or... Um, candy peanut butter, like a Butterfinger. It smells like a Butterfinger. Yes, there we go. <laughs> so definitely a lot of sweetness on the nose if I'm getting more of that candy notes flavor to it. But just straight peanut butter. Wow. All right, let's taste. It's peanut butter. Oh my God, it's very sweet. It's very, very sweet. It's not cloying sweet though. So as I swirl it in my glass, it's not like cloying chunking up onto the side of the glass giving me a lot of legs it does definitely have legs there's definitely sugar involved in this but it's not as mm, I definitely feel it because my lips got a little sticky there it's not as sweet as I thought it would be I feel like I'm not I don't feel whiskey at all whiskey is a secondary note I mean I do feel like a little burn uh from it as it goes down it is at 35 percent alcohol so the adding of the peanut butteriness is definitely lowering the proof down a smidgy. So it's at 70 proof versus the typical 80. But you do get, I mean, oh my goodness, a very, very sweet peanut butter. Again, mostly like peanut butter ice cream. Not like peanut butter in a jar. Peanut butter candy, Butterfinger. This, the same nose very much applies to what goes, what's going on on the palate. Sweet peanut butter of a kind of a more artificial flavoring peanut butter with that Butterfinger. Like, I don't think of Butterfinger as something that is very natural <laughs> rather than I have my standard organic jar of peanut butter and me and my pretentious self. But it's sweet. It's very sweet. I, oh, cocktail-wise, good Lord, I just put this over ice and call that a cocktail because there's just so, there's so, there's not a lot of acidity on this. So... Uh, maybe you just like add this to some what would be really good because it what it also kind of feels like you know like those 
little creamers that are like hazelnut creamers. That's also what it feels like too. Like I get a lot of hazelnut in this. So this would probably be really good as in your coffee. Make it to yourself a boozy coffee. Splash this over some ice cream or make yourself a boozy kind of root beer float with this for sure. But it's so the acidity, it, like it doesn't even really linger in your mouth very much. Like I get mostly the stickiness that still kind of sticks to my mouth after I've been talking for a little bit. Like it doesn't linger very much. So it's it doesn't leave that much of longevity. So you do want to keep drinking more because it doesn't stick to the sides of your mouth. Yeah, it's just too sweet for me. <laughs> I need some acidity to it. If I have this like with coffee, I think it would be great because that tannin in the coffee and the bitterness, I think would go really well with this. Or I, I'm really like kind of craving a root beer float with this. So maybe I'll do that. It's a warm day today. Maybe I'll do that later. <laughs> but there you have it. I don't love this. I can definitely see how this is very, very marketable to, to the general public. Typically something sweet like this, although... I think it's a little too sweet, but something sweet like this and to be very, very, generally speaking, very approachable for people because they don't like that sort of bitterness and kind of thing like acidic, acidic and bitter things and alcohol things that I just sort of crave. So I'm the lone wolf there, but to each their own. So give yourself a little try with this little mini if you're looking for something peanut buttery. Add, this is probably really good in baking. Like, okay, when there's things I don't like, I just try to start thinking of things I can cook with it. This would be really good in a cake. <laughs> or a brownie. There you go. Oh my God. I need to make brownies now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but thank you for joining me today. I hope you learned a little something. I really appreciate each and every one of you. You can find me on Twitter at PD's Power Hour, or you can email me your questions, comments, or concerns. Hit me up with a fun little question that I can answer and ramble on about <laughs> to PD's Power Hour at gmail.com. But if you like what you heard here, head over to the Polymedia Network website, polymedianetwork.com, to find more fabulous, fun podcasts like this one. And if you want to help out the show, please rate and review on your preferred listening application. Just takes a minute and really helps out the show. Drink well, my friends. Bye.